Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise Podcast. You guys are in for a treat today. I've got Dr. Thomas Hemingway on the show. You guys, this guy, this doctor, this man, this friend of mine is just a next level human. We actually ended up recording this podcast the night before we were both flying across the country to meet up for a um, seminar in Tampa, Florida. And so I had the opportunity to hang out with him for days on end and just pick his brain about all things health, about all things truly prevention. And I will tell you this, this podcast episode was probably the most interesting health-minded podcast that I've ever recorded or ever listened to. More simple health hack takeaways that I immediately implemented into my life. So you're in for a treat. Make sure you've got your notepad out and let's dig in. Thomas, it's so great to have you. I am really excited to connect. I'm really excited just to pick your brain on every level from kind of a personal family life, like what is going on over there? There's so much. And from a professional standpoint. So I want to start with this. Like, how would you even describe, because it really is outside of the box, who you are, what you do, how you approach it all. How would you define that? Like, what would you define yourself and your role as? Yeah, I would say my role is to help people live their best life in a way that they can do all that they want to do, not just what they have to do. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people, they wake up in the morning, they're like, oh, I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to have this energy to do whatever. I want to have you feel your very best to be vital, to be thriving, not just surviving life. A lot of us run through life in sort of this autopilot mode where we get up in the morning, we go to work, we come home, get the kids. We have sort of this real autopilot type road. And I really want people to live Mm -hmm. with purpose, to live with passion. And my favorite word these days is that Japanese word uh, called ikigai, which is kind of what really gets you up out of the morning. It's your mission, your life's mission. And mine is to help you and all the listeners and everybody. Literally, I have a goal of helping a hundred million people, which maybe is not that lofty because there's billions of us, right? Seven plus billion on the planet. My personal goal is to help at least a hundred million people live healthier, live happier, live thriving. Thriving Ugh. life is my goal. So it's not the typical doctor, you know, just throw throw you a prescription for any ailment. I'm yeah. way beyond that. My approach is actually prevention over prescription and teaching people how to live their best lives naturally. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love that. And you're doing something right because your energy is literally contagious. I mean, it's it's early where I am, but it's way earlier where you are. Way, way <laughs> earlier though. It's dark outside. I got the lights on. Usually I have this beautiful sun coming through the window. Oh Makes me look 10 years younger. And you know, it's it's all good. I'm I'm turning 50 next year and I'm happy to just flaunt that, share that. And I feel <laughs> like I'm 20 or less. I got, as you know, I got six kids. Brooke and I have yeah. this amazing family and they keep us young. But right now we have literally six kids. I just want to pause on that. I hope everyone just heard that. You kind of glossed over six kids and your wife isn't even home right now because she's getting ready to host a huge event that we're both flying in for today. I mean, (laughs) can I get the backstory here? Like what is the backstory into this wild, amazing life that you guys are living? 
Yeah, it's uh, oh my gosh. So, so the kind of the cool part is this starts, you know, way, way back as far as with me, my sort of health journey, my passion for life and for humans and for our physiology, how we tick, you know, Mm -hmm. starts when I was probably seven years old, which is kind of a funny age because I actually documented this um, in my upcoming book. And I had to think about it a little bit because I couldn't quite remember, was I seven? Was I eight? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I was seven looking back, but I was sitting on the porch with my grandfather. It was a beautiful, you know, I think spring or summer after probably summer afternoon. And we were just chatting and and my grandpa was a super cool dude. He, he <laughs> literally like this guy it's in the jeans. was so, <laughs> this guy was so active. He could, I mean, he was a, a racket sports player. His favorite was that old school racquetball, you know, oh, you yeah. go to a gym and they have that, that room, it's right. Crazy bouncing sport. The ball and yeah. Like who knows how to play. I mean, you go to a sports club now, I don't even see racquetball yeah. courts anywhere. Like this is kind of like, I don't know how old, old school type of thing, but he was really, really good at racquetball. In fact, so good. And I'm, I'm a great uh, racket sports player. I love tennis. Tennis is yeah. my jam nowadays. Pickleball. Yeah. It's just so much fun. <laughs> so is. easy for them to learn it. Um, but he played me racquetball and he could beat me and I was decent. I wasn't expert like him, but he could beat me his whole life, even up until 90 years old, he was still beating me wow. at racquetball. And and I'm a racket sports player. I'm not, like I said, I wasn't as expert at racquetball, but anyway, we he's a cool dude. So we're sitting on the porch. It's a beautiful um, summertime afternoon and we're just chit-chatting. He's, the guy is so brilliant. He's traveled the world. He's been to Egypt. He's been all over. He's written, you know, my goal, I'm just going to share this. I'm going to produce 10 books in my lifetime. That guy wrote like 30 books and, wow. and his name was not Ernest Hemingway. It was Donald Hemingway, but, <laughs> but he, he wrote a bunch of books and um, we were chatting. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the guy just freaking pricks his finger, blood comes out and he checks his blood sugar. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you, why are you purposely hurting yourself? Like, yeah. why would you do that? And he goes, he looked at me, he goes, Thomas, I want to see you live your life and grow up and have kids and go to college. I'm doing this for you. Wow. I wanna... <laughs> so powerful. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing, grandpa? <laughs> I, I didn't know he had type one diabetes and he had it his whole life. Wow. And this, you know, he's been dead for a decade or more. And he lived until he was 94 mm-hmm. years old never lost a finger or a toe or his vision, yeah. nothing. The guy died with perfect vision, perfect health wow. with, with type one diabetes Wow! and con- contrasting that as a kid, I was involved in um, a lot of youth programs and I had a youth leader at my church that was also a type one diabetic and mm-hmm. I knew that, but I didn't know kind of the fact that for him, he just kind of ignored it. He just didn't mm. pay attention to it. And he was a cool guy. He was larger than life as well. He got me up at 6 a.m. to play basketball yeah. every morning. We played sports together. It was so much fun. And he, contrasting with my grandfather, he yeah. died in his 40s, wow. dead. He left a family. He left a wife and four kids. And he was dead in his 40s from the same wow. medical condition. From, I just got them, chills head to toe. It was type 1 I mean- diabetes. Such a clear picture of prevention, you know, that we control so much and it can go either way. And it's in our hands. It's in our hands. And, you know, 
that's the cool thing about present day, just, I would say science. Um, I'll just in the biggest scope, because we're barely just scratching the surface on this. This is that whole phenomenon of what we refer to as epigenetics, which is the fact that we have the overwhelming majority of control of our life, of our health, of what's going to happen to us. You know, it's not just in the genes. We can't just blame our parents anymore. It's not just what our dad and our mom gave us one copy from each. It's not that. In fact, over 90% of all of our health outcomes, whether it be disease or what have you, is actually up to us. It's the mm-hmm. epigenetics. It's the part above the genome because we get to decide whether those genes get turned on yep. or get turned off. You know, there are some conditions that that are a little bit different in this way, um, but they're very few, fortunately. The overwhelming majority of what we get as humans, especially what kills us right now, present day, Moira, there are literally seven out of the leading 10, seven of 10, the overwhelming majority of the leading causes of death right now today, 2023, are nearly entirely preventable, 90 plus percent preventable. And I speak to, of course, heart disease being the number one killer in women and men and all of us, not just in the US, but the whole world. Heart disease is still the number one killer. And although for guys like me that spent decades in the hospital, in the ER, helping people in the acute throes of injury and illness, we have great emergency treatment for heart right. disease. If your blood vessel has a clot in there, we can get in there. We can yeah. open that up. We can put a stent in. We can restore blood flow. We have amazing emergency care, but Moira, 90 plus percent of all the healthcare expense in the U.S. goes to chronic yeah. care, chronic care, the 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 all of the things that go along with heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease, lung disease, cancer, neurodegenerative Mm -hmm. disease, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all the dementias, all of this stuff falls into that chronic care realm where over 90% of all the healthcare dollars are spent. Yet the the sad thing is 90 plus percent of this could be prevented. Right. That's what I was going to say. How many dollars are going to prevention? Yes. Almost zero dollars are going into prevention. In fact, you ask yeah. your average MD, and I'm 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 an MD. I went to medical school. I've been practicing for over two decades. I know where the, these guys are coming from. You ask them, "Hey, doc, how can I make sure I don't get dementia like my parents, or right. I don't get type two diabetes like my parents, or I don't have a heart attack in my 40s or 50s? Like, how can I do that?" And they'll kind of like scratch their head and they'll go, "Uh." Well, I don't know, diet and exercise, eat less, exercise more. Like they don't, they don't, they don't know. They don't, they really honestly don't know because they haven't been specifically trained in wellness, trained in nutrition and lifestyle and proper, you know, diet. They just aren't trained in, it's not their fault. They're trained in physiology, pharmacology, pathophysiology. They can name all the diseases. They know what they are. They know what they look like under the microscope. They know what prescription, what pharmaceutical goes with every disease but that's way too late, way yeah. too late. If you're needing a prescription for your diabetes, it's so sad because that could have been resolved 20 years earlier mm. with diet and lifestyle, with just yeah. the stuff that we control, the epigenome, the stuff above the genes that is under our control. So it is so empowering, maybe a little yes. bit scary, you know, and, and we got to take ownership. We can't just yes, blame it on our parents. we got to take ownership, it's, absolutely. But it's really cool. We get to decide more. We get to decide, and I hope the viewers will take charge of that today. We get Ugh. to decide that. 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, it is, I, I'm, I'm still thinking you're sitting there in the dark, your kids are still <laughs> asleep and you are yeah. so fired up about this. I love it. And it's because this is the energy that you can have when you're truly taking care of yourself. I mean, I know even for me as somebody that's been in health and wellness and all of this for decades, there are even times for me where I dial it into another level that I have these moments of like, wait, this is how we're supposed to feel? Like this is insane. And I think people really don't ever even scrape the surface of how they could potentially feel on a day-to-day basis. And you are living proof of how we can all feel. So I know you've got this book coming out, Preventable, right? That's the title? Yeah. I love it. When is it launching? Yeah, so February 14th, Preventable, Five Powerful Practices to Avoid Disease and Build Unshakable Health. I love it. Five Unshakable Health. This is literally right around the corner. Oh my gosh. All right, so everybody's (laughs) got to get your book. It'll be linked in the show notes, all of it. But I hear you, and it's funny because obviously, you know, I'm in the health and wellness world, but at the same time, you're talking about these people that are like, well, how can I prevent it? Uh, diet and exercise, I guess. And and there's this just like broad spectrum, you know, and and very uneducated. So when you talk about five powerful practices, what are those five? Like, can we dig into those? Yeah, we can dig into each notes. of them. We can hit them. Yeah, we can hit them quick. And don't worry, it's all in the book in much yeah. greater detail. If you want to nerd out and get down into the I science love that, nerding out that's on this fun, stuff. It's yeah. fun science. It's not going to like, we're not going to get to the carbon structure of what a polysaccharide <laughs> looks like. Don't worry. But, but here's the cool thing. So all good doctors, you know, going to medical school, we learned by what's called the mnemonic, right? It's a little memory tool, right? So this memory tool, I'm going to tell you right now, it'll help you to remember these five steps, these five yeah. practices that you can do every single day and do them for free. So the mnemonic is kind of funny. It's F MSGs. So we all hate MSG anyway, right? Yeah. MSG is crap. It's one of these chemical, you know, preservatives that this sadly in food still in, in a yeah. lot of foods and we just don't even know it, but F MSG. So the F is food first. So food is either your best possible medicine best possible thing ever for your body or food is a slow poison. And you get to decide that each and every day, multiple times a day. Yes, And it is actually really, really simple. I'm a guy that likes to add things to my life, to my diet, to my experience, instead of taking away. Mm -hmm. I tell people eat a little bit of everything, you know, that's natural, that grows in the ground, that's from the field, that's raised in, in, you know, a proper banner, all that's, that's what I tell people. All of the things. Did you know that there are over 200,000 species of plants, for example, you know, vegetables, Whoa. fruits that we can eat as humans? Yeah. And you know what's really, really sad? That we, in most of our lifetimes, will sample less than 200 of them. Oh my gosh, that's pathetic. That that's- is 100 times less than what's available to us. And the even sadder part is that three specific plants make up almost 60% of the calories consumed in the world present day. Only three things. So three. think about that for a second. Three I, things. I got to know what three. <laughs> so it's it's pretty obvious. It's corn. Yeah. yeah. Wheat. Mm. And, and it depends on where you are in the world. It's either corn, wheat, and soy. 
Mm-hmm. Th- those are those are pretty high, you know, in percentages. And then it just depends, you know, which part of the world that you're living in. You can throw in a fourth one there, rice. Yeah. So those yeah. four things, corn, wheat, soy, and rice, make up 60% of all the calories consumed in the world. And That's yet crazy. there are hundreds of thousands of other <laughs> edible you know, vegetables, fruits, amazing yeah. things that grow in nature that we are not eating. And we as humans, I don't know about you, Moira, we crave variety. Yes. Variety yeah. in everything, everything, in our food and what we do every day and in different experiences, we crave variety and we thrive with variety. So I'm the guy that asks people, hey, what can you add to your diet this week? Can you go to the farmer's market and pick out a new vegetable or fruit that you've never had before? It's so dang easy. You just Google the thing. How do we make a recipe right. with this? Like, it's so easy. Yeah. Every week, just pick one thing, one yeah, new thing that one. you want to try. Just one. And it could be Not a even vegetable, a new it could be recipe. a fruit. Oh, yeah, one just food. One just one food, one, one new thing. food. Yeah, And I just love think that. in the course of a year, you will have tried 52 new foods. You're already one quarter of the way of eating those 200 things that we as humans sadly present day eat in our lifetime. That's it. And there are mm-hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of beneficial you know, foods out there that yeah. are natural, that grow in the ground, that are raised in the field, whatever it is that we catch in the sea that we can eat at help us to thrive. So number one, it's add rather than subtract, yep. but we have to subtract a couple of things. I only have three things for everybody to really focus on subtracting from their diet. Only three things, really, really simple. I call it the the evil triad or the wicked triad or the whatever. <laughs> you just choose up whatever, whatever analogy you want. But there are three things we should really avoid. One, pretty obvious nowadays, we talk about it a lot, is the highly processed sugar of yeah. any kind. So yeah. the one of the biggest threats to our life now is high fructose corn syrup. But there are so many names that sugar hides behind. Mm-hmm. You know, we have stuff that sounds like it might be healthy, like agave nectar or brown rice syrup. You know what? Yeah. All of this stuff is just sugar. Let's just yeah. face it. Yeah. It's sugar. And sugar, it's hiding and in the quantities that we yeah. eat is, is just free. It's horrible for our body. And right now, present day, we are consuming in the U.S. over 150 pounds of sugar a year. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. absurd. And everything that comes in a package at the grocery store, especially in the center of the grocery store that comes in either a bag or a box or with a barcode, the three Bs I like to tell people to avoid, the packaged foods, almost all of them have some version of a highly refined sugar, whether yeah. it be high fructose corn syrup, it could be agave nectar, it could be brown rice syrup for crying out loud, it could be organic cane sugar. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just doesn't sugar. Matter. And in our body, sugar at excess is super problematic. It causes yeah. inflammation. So number one, avoid highly processed sugar, especially the high fructose corn syrup. Number two, avoid the highly processed grains. So whether that be wheat or it doesn't really matter what it is, but if it's highly processed, it's pulverized, it comes in a powder, a dust, a flour, really almost any kind of flour that comes highly processed and pulverized, especially wheat. You know, we all know about gluten sensitivity. It's much more, you know, present and and out there now because we don't use the same kind of wheat that we used hundreds of years ago. We use this manufactured GMO engineered, it's called dwarf wheat, which withstands pesticides. So we can take wheat, we can cover a 
field in it. We can spray the crap out of it with pesticides, just laden with so many pesticides. It doesn't even affect the wheat. The wheat's that's, fine. It's like, that's whatever, you can spray yeah. me all day long. I don't care. I can grow. That's but it, it is such a low quality wheat um, and high in gluten, actually very high. In fact, yeah. 10 times, sometimes even a hundred times higher. Especially in the United higher. States. Am I right? The U S especially. If you go to Europe, my mind. Yeah, it's not would, so bad. Right. I went to Italy last year with a group and one of my friends is, I mean, extremely intolerant to gluten. Like I have a yeah. sensitivity, but she is off the charts. Yeah. Like can't, you know, it does not yeah. do well with her. And we're on our way to Italy and people are like, Hey, you can eat, you can eat whatever you want in Italy. And I'm like, what do you yeah. mean? Like, I mean, that really blew my yeah. mind that yeah. somebody that can't t- tolerate a bite of wheat and gluten in the United States can go to Italy and consume pasta and pizza and not be <laughs> affected by the gluten. Like yeah. that's scary. That's scary. It's, it's, it is scary. We, I mean, I don't even want to get into it in this podcast because it gets yeah. to be a little bit charged, you know, it gets political, it gets, yeah. you know, philosophical. And we in the U S aren't doing very well with respect to having our country get healthy, stay healthy. We're on the other end We're we're allowing yeah. big food, big pharma to control yes. it all. And they're making a buttload of money and we're getting sicker and sicker. We're the fattest nation in the history of mankind that we have ever been right now, present day, 2023, and we are dying quicker than ever before. I didn't even mention this, but you know, even before COVID, a couple of years, about three or four years prior to COVID, right here at home in the US, our human life expectancy was starting to drop, starting to dip. For the first time in recent history, in over a yeah. hundred years, our lifetime, our parents' lifetime, the life expectancy in the U.S. has always gone up each and every year. It's gone yeah. up by half a year, a full year, and a couple of years prior to COVID, it started to dip. With COVID, of course, it dipped a little bit more because especially those that weren't metabolically healthy to begin with were even more likely to get it yeah. and get really sick or even die from it. And so it's continued to go down, and this is the first time in our recent human history, well over a hundred years, this has ever happened. Life expectancy has always been going up in our lifetimes and now it's not. And you hear That's that in crazy. the news? Who's talking yeah. about that? Right, right. Nobody is talking about it unless no. it's in light of the pandemic and then they use that. Right. But but nobody is talking about the fact that this has been dropping for years and we are doing nothing about it, at least not enough in my humble opinion. Yeah, Especially we're putting more dollars my into group. Yeah. yeah, the emergency, the treatment, yeah. the, yeah, all of that, just like you were saying so, before. So in Europe, like you said, a lot of places you can go, like Italy, people that have gluten sensitivities can actually eat their bread, their pasta, because yeah. they don't use the same garbage ingredients that we use here that are super highly processed, highly refined. So you're you're noticing a little bit of a theme here, the highly mm-hmm. processed, yes. the highly refined things, the white and brown stuff, the sugars, the rices, the super highly refined is not good for us. And so if we can avoid the sugars, the flours yep. that are highly refined, those, those grains. And then the third also is highly refined and processed. It's all of the quote unquote vegetable oil or the seed oil. And these also are hiding in plain sight. So these are, there's about eight or nine of them, depending on what source you're looking at, but it's all of the quote unquote vegetable. Most of it comes from a seed, a very tiny little seed. So this Mm -hmm. is canola oil. This is grapeseed oil. This is sunflower, safflower, soybean oil, rice bran oil. It's any kind of oil that they have to get basically from a tiny little seed Mm -hmm. and squeeze it, pressurize it, just pulverize it to make oil. Because if you can think about historically, let's just talk about Italy. What kind of oil have they always used for millennia? 
Olive oil, right? Yeah. And how do you get olive oil? Do you have to crush a seed right. and put it in high pressure, high heat, pulverize it, deodorize it? No, you take an olive and you just smash the thing. Right. Just <laughs> yeah, apply a little right bit of there. pressure. That's yeah. it. Like back in the day, they would like stomp on this stuff. You know, it was it was just simple pressure. Yeah. Just pressed, you get the oil. Same thing with an avocado. Very fleshy fruit. It's oily. You get a little shininess on your, yeah. your fingers after you dig into that. And it's a natural, healthy oil, an avocado. In Hawaii, so that's what I was going to ask you, because yeah. you just listed out a bunch of oils that I think yeah. a lot of people think are it's very hard, yeah, healthy. Yeah. So what oh, oils? Even the American Heart Association thinks they're healthy. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. So the, 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 the healthy ones, if you just think this way, the ones that you can get easily with no... You know, it makes you know, so processing. much common sense when you, you take say an this, olive, Thomas. you squeeze the thing, you squeeze an right. olive, you get oil. You take an avocado, you squeeze that, you get oil. You take coconut, also mm-hmm. an oily uh, fruit, you take that, you squeeze it, you get oil. Those are my top three yeah. that are safe, that are good for us as humans, that we've been consuming for millennia that haven't made us sick. Coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, those are my top three go tos. And anything that comes from a seed of any kind, which is the canola, the soybean, like soybean oil. People think, oh my gosh, it's soybeans. It's got to be good right. for me. Eh, wrong. <laughs> it's so highly processed. Yeah. It's incredibly processed. Yeah. To make one of these oils, it literally comes to us rancid, but we don't know it because it's deodorized, it's bleached, it's treated with solvents, with high pressure, with high heat. It kind of makes sense more. If you go to Costco today, you can pick up a gallon of yeah canola oil, and it might even say organic canola oil. It doesn't matter. It's so highly processed. You pull that off the shelf. It is literally already rancid and you don't know it because they put a deodorant in there. They bleached it. They treated it with a solvent and a high pressure and a high heat. And so you don't even know it. Whereas olive oil, you pop the top off that thing. And if you keep it like in something that's clear glass, don't recommend it. You want a dark glass because it's actually very prone to oxidation if it's in sunlight and things like that. Mm -hmm. But you pull the cap off of olive oil and if it's rancid, guess what? You smell it, you notice it. it. You're not gonna use it. If it's canola oil, you have no clue. That stuff is rancid and it doesn't have a smell. You don't even know it. It's so, so sad. So that's the third one to avoid. Highly processed seed oils, which is anything that comes under the label vegetable oil. It's really sad because you go vegetable oil. It's got to be good for me. It's plant-based. The American Heart Association says it's good. It's it's one of the worst things for you. If you can get extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, or coconut coconut oil, you're okay. You're okay. But you have to look, Moira, if we don't read the ingredients, you buy any salad dressing at the store and it says on the label, olive oil salad dressing. Guess then, what? Yeah. The first, the first or second ingredient is canola oil, right. yeah. soybean oil, and maybe number five is olive oil. It's yeah. so deceptive. It it's is so, so and legally deceptive. they get away with it because there is olive oil in there. Right. It's not right. the first ingredient. It's yeah. cut with all I these know. other very I, inexpensive oils. It's just economics. They're just yeah. trying to make money. And Absolutely. I get it, but Marketing. we suffer. Yeah. We but as people humans don't realize. I owned a juice company and the thing for a few years. And one of the things that blew my mind, because I I obviously opened up a juice company because I'm so passionate about cold pressed juice, was that when you look at a juice that has 12 green veggies listed on the bottle and then apple at the bottom, chances are that juice is 85% apple juice with a sprinkle (laughs) of those other things. 
but you don't think that, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you don't think, think that. It's yeah. so misleading. So it is, misleading. It's, it's uh, just heartbreaking. It is. Yeah, it it's is. heartbreaking. So, so the cool thing with the whole food thing that is actually, I, in my humble opinion, the most powerful lever that we have as humans for our health, our wellness to thrive is actually lies at the tip of our fork. And it yeah. really is as simple as I just said. You avoid those top three things, the highly processed sugars, grains, and the seed oils, and you just add real food to your life, yeah. which is the single ingredient stuff that doesn't even require a label. Because right. if you buy a bunch of broccoli, you look at it, you're like, oh, that's broccoli, duh. Right. Oh, that's, you know, oh, that's I, whatever. I but know. <laughs> I live in the world of nutrition. And so often I'm thinking, why are there people that are getting paid exuberant amounts of money to tell people, you know, all the numbers? And I'm like, if yeah. we just ate real food, nobody would need any of that. Yeah. Just eat real it's food. It's so true. You know? eat, eat real food, single yeah. ingredient, whole foods that doesn't even require a label. Chances right. are, if it has a label, it's going to have one of those three things right. we just talked about. Yeah. I mean, 90 plus percent everything in the grocery store that requires a label that has, let's say five or more ingredients is going to have either a highly processed sugar, yeah. highly processed flour or grain, or it's going to have a seed oil. 95% yeah. of and, it's really, really sad, And you, <laughs> but you it's simple. Be it's too simple. Careful. You gotta, I mean, if you are choosing things that have labels, read the labels. I had an experience coming back from a trip with a group of people on an airplane, just feeling, you know, the, the brunt of the vacation and somebody had, um, <laughs> <laughs> like a hydrate, you know, like the, the things that you Some add kind to of your a water. powder or something, yeah. or the color it or flavor yeah. it or whatever. And I, hydrate. You know, people have been <laughs> talking about this stuff. So I was like, oh my gosh, give me one. And at the time I was trying to, and, and I like to do experiments like this. I'm not as rigid. Yeah. I don't think you should live in rigidity with your food and your nutrition, no. but I was being very conscious and cognizant of trying to eat below 10 grams of sugar per day. Which that simple act of like, oh, let me look at, you know, the salad dressing label or let me look at this label blew my mind. But somebody hands me this super high end, you know, hydrate hydrating powder to put in my water and, you know, expensive too. And I, I'm just about to put it in my water and I flip it around thinking, not even thinking about sugar. There are 12 grams of sugar. This 12 Whoa. grams of sugar <laughs> in the thing that I think is going to add thing. to my health. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, this oh is insane. We're, we have to be more cognizant. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how we got to where we are. I mean, yeah. it's so sad eating 150 pounds of sugar a year. Gosh. Like what in the world is going yeah. on in another near 150 pounds of flowers, highly yeah. processed flowers. It's crazy. So super, super simple, only really three things to avoid. And then all the other stuff, just add, eat the whole dang rainbow, whether right. I don't care if you're vegetarian, vegan, omnivore, or pescatarian, I don't, none of that even matters if you're eating real food real and food. you're thriving. Yeah. I don't tell people how to eat. I don't say, hey, you should be X, Y, Z, carnivore, right. or, or you know, uh, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian. Whatever helps you to thrive, as yes. long as it's whole food, real food, single ingredient food, not the highly processed crap we just talked about, go for it. Yeah. Because we are so awesome. There's so as much humans. freedom We're in unique. that, Thomas. There's We're so unique. much freedom in We're that. Individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And we everybody have, we have wants this... the magical, you know. I know. I'm eating What's the macro? This way. What, what, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got to be this way. How many macros are this and that? Uh, I mean, there's some basic the principles. 
Yeah. yeah, there's basic principles. And I get into that in the book, like the difference between carbs and fats and proteins right. and how we add them up. And But it's so awesome because we are unique and there's no one quote unquote diet plan for everybody. Yeah, we're all different. I, totally I mean, agree. if you look and at it, there's I, people that have survived for thousands of years off just fat only. You go to the right. Inuits up up north, and then you have others that survive off a, just a complete vegetarian diet, yeah. and they're thriving too. And like yeah. those are polar opposite. Like what right. the heck? That's Absolutely. the beauty of it. That's I the totally beauty agree. Of it. And I think it changes <laughs> even as individuals. I think yeah. we are so out of tune with our intuitiveness, right? I mean, there's times where I'm like, I need meat, you yeah. know, and my body just knows that. And then yeah. there's other times where I'm like, you know, it, it was actually coming out or coming off this past weekend, the first day kind of back in my groove, which was yesterday, it was like yeah. two o'clock. And I was like, have I eaten today? I'm, I'm complete. I'm totally not hungry. And there are a lot of nutritionists that would be like, yeah. no, you go back to the plan. Yeah. And I'm like, my body was literally still trying to just process what I ate the day before. Every day looks a little different depending on what yeah. your body needs. And we need to get back to tuning into that instead of tuning into a prescriptive plan that we think is going to yeah. be the magic bullet. Yeah. Yeah. No, so true. If you, if you can be in tune and be mindful and listen to your body, you'll, you'll do well. It, it helps to get your body, what, what we call metabolically flexible mm -hmm. first so yes. that you can eat any of these things we've just talked about that are, that are healthy, that are real foods, whether they be a carb macro or a healthy fat macro or a protein macro, like we can shift between any of these fuel sources and our body does really well with all of them. That's called metabolic flexibility. I talk about it's that and how we can thing. get there. Yeah. And we thrive that way because we can have energy when we wake up in the morning with yeah. zero caloric intake. Like yeah. I don't wake up and feel hungry. I don't know about you, but I, yeah. I mean, no. I've almost never felt like I really needed breakfast and you right. were told breakfast is the most important meal right. of the day. Well, it may or may not be. And it really depends on what you put into that breakfast, the standard yes. American breakfast full of these carbs, the, the scones, the bagels, the toast, the cereal is complete and utter garbage. That is not yeah. going to be the best meal of the day. That's yeah. can be the worst meal of the day, right. but it just dep it depends on what you put in there and what you as an individual, what you need, because yeah. all our needs are different, but start with real food. That's number one, avoid those three things and just add, be additive, be experiential. Yes. And you, you crowd know, out the rest. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm a fun. big believer. It's, really it's like, yes, it is. Because the second you deprive yourself, the second your yeah. mind says you're taking something away, you go into overdrive. You, you want rebel, it you fight anything. against yes. it. Yeah. Yes, it's just our nature. And so <laughs> yeah. don't do any of that. Don't take anything no. out, but add in and the, the other things get crowded out automatically. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And your, your body changes, your gut health changes, your cravings change, everything changes. And you may not ever even crave an Oreo cookie ever again, if right. you start to eat healthy, because you will supply the gut bacteria living there in your colon and in your intestinal tract, the stuff that they need to grow and proliferate. And they're going to send these messages to you saying, yeah. Hey, I want more of that you know, yep. salad or broccoli or healthy yeah. protein or whatever it is. And they won't even want any of that junk food that the highly palatable American yeah. diet foods that, that we eat that are full of garbage because you change the whole makeup of your gut, your, yeah. your microbiome. Anyway, so quickly I'll, I'll mention the other. So F yes. is for food. Yep. F M S G M is you and I talk about this ad nauseum and everybody in the fitness world is movement, <laughs> just whatever yes. kind of movement you can do. 
do it daily, do it regularly. There's no one size fits all. Nowadays, I like to have people make sure they incorporate some version of re resistance training, anything mm -hmm. that you're having to require muscle strength for. And you don't need right. weights. Like you can yeah. do your own body weight, right? You can yeah. do a lunge. You can do, you can do a plank. You can do, you know, you can just stand here and do air squats. I'm, yeah. I'm standing talking to you because I'm so passionate about this. I have the cheapest standing desk you've ever seen. It's an Amazon <laughs> box on top of a regular desk with my laptop. That's just sitting on top of I it. That's it. it. That's my standing that's desk. Awesome. I, I stand all day long. I can bounce around. I can, and it's the, it's the most inexpensive way to increase your movement throughout uh, the day. I, I've been I wearing one of these things and, yeah. and it's like telling me like exponentially my movement goes up when I'm standing while I'm at work. And yeah, I, it's so easy. It's so dang easy. Oh my and, gosh. Know, at the end I'm of the day, my, my, my back doesn't hurt. And all you need is a box. You got, we all ordered yeah. online. We have so many boxes sitting around, hold one of them back from recycling and just yeah. tape it up sturdy and put your laptop on top of it. That's brilliant. it. You got a standing brilliant. desk they say sitting is the new smoking. Yes. Well, that's not far off from the truth. There's lots of data that yeah. says the more hours that you sit in a day, your chances of every illness, all the stuff we talked about, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, type two, especially obesity, all of that is directly proportional to the amount of hours that we sit over the course of the day. So get up and move, yeah. just whatever it is, move for two minutes every hour. If you have to be at a regular desk and you're in a big office building, they won't let you have a standing desk. Walk around for two yeah. minutes every hour, go up and down the stairs, whatever it is, just do something, anything. You don't have to have I a gym it. membership. My yeah, wife no, might, not, might, might not like that. She loves the gym. I don't love gyms. I just yeah. like to move all day long. I just like to get out in nature and take a walk. That's one of the simplest things I'll recommend yeah. is people take a five or 10 minute walk every time they eat. Yeah. You have a meal. You have a walk or, you know, yeah. I got young kids right now. We're in the freezing cold. It could be sub-zero. We just turn on some music and we have a dance party. After I we love eat. that. For, yeah. You know, if you do two songs, you're at, you know, roughly 10 minutes. It's perfect. Yeah. And this you is feel the great. compound oh. effect. People yeah, think it's so it's easy so small, stuff, but it adds up if you're doing it. Adds this. Up. I yeah. mean, we're intimidated, right? We think we have to do 30 minutes right. minimum. And so we don't do anything. We're like, yeah. I can't fit 30 minutes into my day. But guess what? You put in two minutes here, two minutes there. You yep. move for five or 10 minutes after a meal. Just turn on one song. That's five minutes. You add that up and you've done way over 30 minutes yeah. in one day. And you feel so much better. You have so much more energy. This is my one of my favorite things because this doesn't make sense from sort of the, the classic left brain, what teaches us in high school chemistry that... The first law of thermodynamics, right? That matter can't be created nor destroyed. Energy can only mm -hmm. change forms. Bull crap. In your body, you can actually make energy, make more energy, the more energy you expend. So you have these little tiny things in every cell. Well, almost every cell, not red blood cells, but just about every cell called mitochondria. Yep. They are your power plants, the energy power source of your cell, the mitochondria. You know what's cool about them? The more exercise you do, the more of them you get, you get more of these power plants Amazing. that can produce energy for you. So you exercise more and guess what? You have more energy at the end instead of yeah. less. You think you, you think in your mind you should have less because I just burned all these calories. I should be tired now. And you actually are more awake. You're more enlivened. Yeah. You're thriving. And it's crazy, but it's because these little mitochondria, they thrive off that and they get bigger, they get stronger and you get more of them when you exercise. So you actually get more energy by doing more 
you know, exercise movement of any kind. It's that you talked about it in this everyday way too, because like. I, I'm just thinking to myself, most people are sitting at a desk all day, you know, feeling 20 pounds overweight or whatever it is. Like I've got to change my whole lifestyle. I've got to join the gym, hire the trainer. And it's like, no, it's probably, you're probably going to get better results from things like, you know, standing at your desk, taking the stairs, having a dance party, going for a walk two or three minutes (laughs) after every meal, that's going to get you where you want to go more than this huge undertaking of joining the gym and going back and forth and hiring the trainer three days a week. And, Oh yeah. And we can find it. We can find it right in front of us. Ah, that is so powerful. That's that's the beauty of it. It's the simple things done repeatedly. Like you said, that have this just huge, huge effect over the long term. It's the simple things done repeatedly. So F M S G. So food movement, the next, one is sleep. Sleep is one of the most underrated with respect to health, with respect to our waistline. Mm. I mean, who knew that if you're not sleeping well, that that could be causing your overweight, you know, 10 pounds or whatever it is. Oh, your, 100%. Your I mean, it could I just see be it. that you're not sleeping well. I you could see be doing it even all the me. things. Yeah, yeah. I can, if I get a terrible night's sleep or I've red eyed in, which we were talking about yeah. earlier, <laughs> I mean, I am like, you know, practically binge eating the next day. I'm like, what am I doing? Like just out of control. And so if I can see that on that one day, what is that one less hour doing to me on a daily basis? Yeah. 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 And it's, that's the cool thing. It's science. It's not you being weak, Moira, when you're craving stuff, when you haven't slept, it's physiology. It's your hunger hormone called ghrelin, which goes out of control when you don't sleep well. And the other one that's supposed to tell you to stop eating the leptin is not working. So it's simple, simple science. And it's not you being weak, making poor choices, having, not having the, you know, ability to withstand the food temptation. It's none of that. It's just simple physiology. So if you optimize your sleep, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. It's been a game changer So can you give us some tips on that? Because I have always struggled with sleep. I feel like I've got it really in check and I've done a lot of research. There you go. Rapid fire, rapid fire. The first thing, the best thing is get your butt outside for five minutes in the morning see the sunlight. Even if it's winter, just go outside and let the sun hit your eyes. It doesn't work as well through the window of your house. Go outside and spend two minutes in the first couple hours of the day to have that sunlight hit your I mean, eyes. I love it that. It sets that your circadian clock. Outside, yeah, right? it, just, you don't have to go for a five mile sprint. Do. Go have a cup no, of coffee outside. Just let the sunlight hit your eyes. Yeah. It's refreshing. Breathe a little bit of fresh air. But what happens is that sunlight sets your clock, your biological mm-hmm. clock, the so-called circadian rhythm. And so the best possible sleep in the evening starts first thing in the morning with that free inexpensive technique, you go outside and get some sunlight, number one. And then, you know, in the evening, you got to have a routine. The routine should be something like this, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly, but you should stop eating within a couple hours of bedtime, have a food curfew. You can't eat right up until the time you lay your head down. You should stop at least two hours. My goal is always three hours, stop eating three hours before I hit the sack because you will sleep so much better. Yeah. You will not be restless. It takes a lot of energy to burn, yeah. you know, to to break down your food. It's very energy intensive and it it's upsetting to your, if you're trying to sleep, I mean, it, you won't sleep well. If you eat a big I meal, you, we've, all, we've all done it. We go, we go out with friends, yeah. we eat a big meal and we have the worst sleep of our life. You know, it's crazy because I do it so few and far between because I'm like a an eating curfew person yeah. and have been for many yeah. years. 
and the random times where it might happen once every month or two, and it happened this past weekend, I have nightmares. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I will have crazy. nightmares when I eat a big meal before I go to bed. And I'm so aware of that connection, but I'm like, that's crazy, you <laughs> yeah, know? But yet we're like, oh, I got to have that little snack before bed. Don't right. do it. Stop the midnight yeah. snack. Stop the late night snacking. Stop the late meals. And if you do it once in a while, because you're out with friends, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfectionist. I, I'm right. a recovering yeah. perfectionist. I'm yeah, trying to same. not be rigid. Don't be rigid but really make it a habit to not eat within a couple hours of bed. Food curfew, three yeah, hours is optimal. If you can do two hours, that's great. But that is not only great for your sleep, but it'll be great for the next day too. You know, I mm -hmm. recommend people do a minimum of a 12 hour overnight yeah. fast. And so if you've done three hours before bed and yeah. you sleep eight hours, guess what? You get up in the morning, you do this, like I'm doing, drink a full 20 ounce glass of water and you can easily get to be, you know, one more hour into the, your day, then it's been 12 hours. And if you're hungry and you want to eat fine, but try to take at least right. a 12 hour break every night and not eat anything because that's that a, does, that's a whole nother podcast that I'm whole super podcast passionate and about. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. goes into the whole intermittent fasting thing, yeah. but, but beyond that, it can be that it literally can be that simple. It doesn't have yeah. to be difficult 12 hours between your nighttime meal and your morning meal. And that will help your sleep. Yeah. It'll help everything. It. So yeah, let's there, you know, and then obviously the blue light thing, try not to be staring into a screen right before bed. If you can take I, you know, most of the experts will say at least two hours. I just tell people shoot for one hour. Yeah. Just that's shoot more for one hour. It's so hard because we're yeah. all on our phones. We're, you know, if you got kids, you're trying to do some work. Once the kids go to bed, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's too hard to not touch those things at all, but it give yourself one hour, one hour, right? Turn yeah. off all the devices. Don't watch TV, your phone, nothing for at least an hour before bed and dim the lights in the room and yeah. read a book. Do the yeah. old school. What if a you concept. like to try like <laughs> candlelight, even better. Or I've, my wife thinks I'm a little crazy. I bought a bunch of these red uh, night lights. Yeah. So it's a red uh, bulb and it's much more pleasant. It doesn't disturb your sleep. And so at night hmm. she, she's gotten used to it now, but it used to bother her that I would dim the lights. And I'm like, honey, yeah, try this. You'll be amazed at how much better you will sleep. So kind of have that evening routine. If, and if you have kids, you know this, you got to have a routine with the kids. You need a routine as an adult. We need Absolutely. a routine. And so food curfew, turn off the blue lights at least an hour, shoot for two. But if you can do one hour, you're golden and then do something that relaxes you, whether that be read yeah. a book, journal, meditate, jump in, you know, warm tub, a warm bath. Mm -hmm. I, you know, whatever that is that kind of calms you and soothing. Yeah. If you want to have a glass, of, uh, a cup of tea, that's fine, but just obviously no caffeine in it. Uh, yeah. Hopefully no calories uh, because any kind of caloric intake before bed could jack with your sleep. So have that routine so critical. It can be that simple. And so, so easy to do, like so easy yeah. to do. I think it's just being conscious and cognizant yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I yeah. love that. And I've got to, I got to tighten up some things around my nighttime routine. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the next one, we already touched on this, but so I won't really get into it, but yeah. F M S G we did the food, we did the movement, we did the sleep. The G is gut health and gut health is so cool because as you start to pay attention to it, all of the other things get better. In fact, yeah. those little guys that live in your gut, those bacteria, they literally outnumber you. There's more of them than there are of you. There's more of their DNA than there are of your DNA. They simply outnumber us and we need to pay attention. So if we yeah. take care of them 
In Converse, they actually take care of us. It's an amazing synergistic symbiotic relationship that can optimize our health in so many ways from mood to sleep to how we can process and assimilate our food. And they actually can make us vitamins. I mean, they make the overwhelming, you know, in the gut, most of us know this now, 95% of all the serotonin in our body is in our gut, right? We have this whole thing called the gut brain axis. It's phenomenal. But as you pay attention to all these other things that I'm talking about, your food, your movement, your sleep, the last one is stress. That final S is stress. Because if you optimize your stress, you will live a much, not only much more enjoyable life, but a much healthier life because stress is that sort of a secret killer that makes everything worse with respect to our health if we believe that it's bad for us. And if we are allowing all of that noise that's going on 24-7, whether it be in the news or in our emails or all of this stuff that's out there that's stressing us out, that will negatively impact our health. But the cool thing, and I'll just share this in closing, is one of my favorite studies of all times was done in 2012 um, it was on almost 200,000 patients, a huge amount of people. And what they did was really, really simple. They had them document whether they felt like they had a high level of stress in their life, a medium level or a low level of stress. And then they followed them for, I think it was 20 years. It was a pretty long period of time. And they looked at how many people got sick, uh, how many people had heart disease, how many people died young. And what they found was not exactly intuitive. So you would think, okay, the high stress group, of course, they died younger. Well, not necessarily. In Mm. fact, in that group, there was a portion of them that lived the longest in the high stress group. You know what mattered more than anything? It wasn't the level of stress that they experienced. It was the meaning, the meaning that they attached to that stress. Uh, So if they believed inherently that stress is bad for you, stress is going to ruin my health, it's going to give me a heart attack, it's going to give me a stomach ulcer, it's going to give me all these things, it's going to give me cancer. If they believed that, guess what? It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. They Mm. did get sicker. They did die younger. If they believed in their mind, they had the meaning that stress was bad for them. The converse was in that high stress group that had the highest amount. If they believe that that could be a positive growth promoting experience, they could learn from it. They could grow. They could have a challenge. You know, this whole thing in psychology is called a challenge response. Uh, If you see, you know, something happens to you because stuff happens to all of us all day long, but it's how we choose to respond to it that makes all the difference. So if we use that as a growth or a challenge experience, these people that did not believe that the stress was bad for them, they had a positive effect. In other words, the stress was protective. They actually lived longer because they had high stress, but the meaning that they attached to that was a positive meaning that this yeah, was I'm going to be more them. resilient and grow gonna, yeah. from it. They were going to be resilient. And this was yeah. 2012, 200, almost 200,000 wow. patients. So it was an amazing study. We get to decide right yes. here today. And this podcast has been about that. It's our yeah. choice. We get to decide this stuff. We are yeah. in control. It is awesome. It is empowering. It is. We get to decide. And then, you know, I detail out in the book, all of the different things that we can do, whether it be breathing, whether it be exercise, whether it be meditation, some version of mindfulness. There's yeah. so many of these practices I talk about in the book, but the really cool thing is that they can be done very simply. You know what, yeah. Moira, you can take five slow, deep breaths. Yeah. You can choose whatever method you want. You can use the yeah. box method. There's, there's so many different ones. Five yeah. slow, purposeful, mindful breaths. That's one minute. You do that in the middle of some 
crazy stress that's bothering you, your physiology completely changes. Completely changes. Completely. And In how five, crazy five is breaths. it to that's think it. about almost everyone, I would say, in my opinion, does not take five yeah. conscious, intentional breaths per day. I mean, I know for me, crazy. there are many it's days crazy. that go by that One I minute. haven't done that. <laughs> One minute. One, One minute. minute. It oh can be that. Gosh. It can be that simple. Yeah. And I, you know, give a lot of examples in the book, and there's lots of techniques and things. But my favorite two are those simple five breaths. It's just one minute. Or you just go out and do something real quick. I'll, I'll jump up behind yeah. me. I hang up a pull-up bar, and I'll do twenty pull-ups in a row. And just, okay. Uh, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. Now. Yeah, yeah. That took it, a minute as well. It was like it's these simple, small things that yes. don't take much time, but you do them and you do them repeatedly, have massive effects. So that's yeah. what I really want people to take home. Is these are simple oh things; they're not hard. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need any special diet. The, the things are so so easy, but done repeatedly, yeah. have massive positive effects. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I am beyond fired up. I'm going to go like conquer my life in the easiest, simplest ways, right? Because it's all literally at our fingertips. I mean, it's this, every single thing that you talked about. I mean, you know, we both have a crazy day. We're juggling the kids. We're traveling. We're, you know, flying. We can do all of this today. We can yeah. do all of this today. It doesn't have to be the perfect Monday where everything's in place for us to start this. This is beyond powerful. I am so excited to get your book. I'm so excited to get your book in the hands of everybody that I know and love. Um, this is, it's it's so simple, but it's revolutionary, Thomas. Like this, your approach, the way that you just strip it down and make it exciting, just like you said, it's not going to be some boring science book. This you are such a gift, and this book is going to be a gift to so many people. So keep doing what you're doing in the world because we need it. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. People want to reach out to me. ThomasHemingway.com is my website. Instagram, I'm fairly active there. I post up some funny reels. And you can see my kids' dance party if you want to see what that looks <laughs> like at it. home. It's DR for Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Just my name, DR Thomas Hemingway. Like I said, my website, ThomasHemingway.com. You can pre-order the book today. It's called Preventable. I'm doing I it. I hope you'll get it. It's life-changing. It's simple. And it is powerful. Powerful. So yeah, grab Absolutely. that, share it, share the love. You can check out my podcast as well. It's called yeah. Unshakable Health. Moira is so going to be good. on there next week. It's yes. so exciting. So yeah, check, check, check all that out. Share it and and just do one thing today. Yeah. One thing. One thing. One thing. Five I breaths. That's one thing. Choose one new vegetable, a fruit, whatever at yeah. the grocery store that you've never tried. One thing. Just do one thing. That's it. It's, it can be that simple. One thing. I don't know if Start, I've ever been now. on a podcast where I'm like implementing so many things right away because they're so doable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every single thing that Thomas just listed out, we'll put it all in the show notes. So real easy, clickable links below. But again, Thomas, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And um, this, yeah, we're just excited to have you and to, excited to share your message. Oh, so welcome. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. Thank you, all the listeners and viewers. Big aloha to everybody. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see you soon. Aloha. Thanks, Thomas. Wow, you guys, I hope that you took away as much from this episode as I did. I, like I said in the beginning of the episode, have implemented so many of these tiny, simple little things that have completely changed my life in 
truly like an overnight fashion. So make sure you go to the show notes, make sure that you order this book. It is one of the best health resources, health books that has come out, honestly, I believe in the last decade. So check out the show notes and make sure you're um, following us on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts. And thanks for tuning in. 